Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. This week, I'm joined by Laura Fox O'Mahony. She's Deputy Vice Chancellor of the University of Essex and has been working with us on Fit for Purpose on the Leveling Up Goals and particularly looking at a project that the university is very much involved in driving forward, which is called Make Happen. And perhaps it's a good time to bring you in, Lorna, just to tell people listening to this podcast what Make Happen does and the region that it's working in. Thank you very much, Justine. And thank you for inviting me onto the podcast today. Uh, Make Happen is a really important project for us at the University of Essex. It's part of a national program called UniConnect, uh, which is funded by the Office for Students and was created to, to forge partnerships across the country to support students who are in areas where higher education participation is lower uh, than might be expected, um, given the, the young people who are living there. Um, and the Office for Students through UniConnect supported these partnerships to provide a platform to deliver informal outreach information, advice and support uh, to learners in, in those regions. So at Essex, we lead Make Happen, uh, which is one of 29 partnerships across the country. Uh, the University of Essex leads uh, the Make Happen Coalition Partnership. Uh, and we work with universities, with colleges uh, across the region, um, throughout Essex, uh, and and into um, you know into the the unitary authorities uh, South End on Sea for example, um, and we also work with with those local authorities uh, Essex County Council Thurrock Council South End on Sea Borough Council, bringing partners together across the Greater Essex area um, to support uh, young people uh, to to be able to learn a little bit more about um, education training uh, and uh, future employment possibilities and to try and help them to have a wide range of impartial advice, information and guidance. And in practice, what does that involve you doing? Presumably a lot of work in schools, talking with children, but tell us a little bit about how you actually managed to, to do the make happen vision of trying to connect up young people to education. Yeah, sure. It's it's a collaborative project. Um, so so the partnerships that we have with schools and colleges um, is at the heart of the way that we work. Um, we we operate three hubs across the region. So we have a hub in Colchester, in Southend, and in Chelmsford. Um, and the three hubs enable us to get closer to schools and colleges uh, across Greater Essex to work with them to identify what types of activities are best suited to uh, learners within their schools, uh, within those regions. Uh, and then we, we operate both central activities, uh, which are delivered by the, the lead providers uh, and which are, which are open to um, learners across the area to engage in. But we also develop you know, specific partnership events uh, with our partner schools and colleges, which are, which are locally organized and delivered and, and are about meeting the needs of, of those partners. So, so lots of very different approaches, um, depending on where you are. And it's probably a, a good time to really get your reflections on some of the, the levelling up challenges that Essex faces. Yes, it's, it's something that we're, uh, we've always been uh, very mindful of in, in Essex. Uh, the University of Essex was founded uh, with support from the people of Essex and Essex County Council, 
uh, to create a new university um, uh, in, in the region to serve the needs of learners and to give more people opportunities to be able to uh, pursue and, and benefit from higher education. Um, we're, we're a really um, distinctive university in that we're a highly ranked research intensive university, but our uh, outreach is, is absolutely into students and learners from all backgrounds uh, with all characteristics and at the heart of what we're seeking to achieve is to meet the needs of learners from all backgrounds to help uh, deliver transformational education so that uh, wherever you come from, whatever your background has been, you can have the opportunity to experience uh, research-led, um, high-quality education and, and to be able to have aspirations to, to pursue the careers um, that, that you aspire to. So we're unusual in that um, a very high proportion of our UK students come from state school backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, so about 90% uh, of our UK intake comes from the state school sector, um, which is unusual for, for research intensive universities. Um, and we're also um, you know, very engaged with uh, areas which have lowest levels of participation and uh, which are uh, socioeconomically lower areas um, to, to really try and ensure that background isn't a barrier to, to both young people having the ambition and the aspiration and the confidence to go for their ambitions. Um, and then the, the practical issues around um, you know, accessing higher education, um, how to apply, how to make a good application, understanding how finance and funding works, understanding how accommodation works, um, you know, be being ready to live away from home, um, you know, all of those things that are the lived experience of going to university. Um, you know, when people come from areas that have lower levels of participation in higher education, they, they don't necessarily have the benefit of, of embedded knowledge and experience in their families, in their wider circles, uh, you know, with neighbours. Um, those who are uh, coming from higher participation areas have a real advantage and privilege in all of that informal support um, around them that, um, you know, that, that helps them to navigate through, through a transition into higher education. And it's really important for us at Essex that, that we're really thinking through what we need to do in mm -hmm. order to um, sort of replicate um, that, that kind of learning experience um, for, for young people who, who may not have it in the areas that they're living in. I think that's a really important point because I was one of those young people who was the first in my family to go to university. And I mean, I loved it. And I was doing a course, which was economics, that I absolutely couldn't wait to do you know, I, I couldn't wait to get on that degree and, and I really enjoyed the course. And so for me, the transition was probably a lot easier. But at the end of the day, I remember my mum and dad driving me all the way down from Rotherham to Southampton, which is where I was going to university. So it was literally hundreds of miles from home yeah. for the first time. I, I didn't have any idea about really what was going to happen next. And I think had I maybe not been quite so sure about going to university, or different kind of personality maybe or maybe really hated the course that I was doing because I picked the wrong one for whatever reason I just think that support that you can give people um, is really really important because it can be the difference between them 
managing that transition um, or not, and then getting, in a sense, a mistake and a sense that university wasn't for them when perhaps it was just that it is kind of a big step to leave home and, you know, and then move on to a very different kind of learning, I guess, Lorna, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's right, Justine. And, um, you know, I think that's that's part of the framing for us in mm -hmm. in recognizing that um, thinking about access to higher education is vitally important. Um, but also um, thinking about outcomes and thinking about the students experience once they arrive at university. It's not mm -hmm. just about uh, getting your offer and getting in. It's also about how universities are thinking through putting themselves in the shoes of students coming from a range of different kinds of backgrounds, uh, thinking about what their, their needs are, because you know, access only gets you so far. Um, support uh, experience, student experience and, and successful outcomes so that uh, you know, you're able to then um, graduate with a degree that's, that's going to help you to fulfill your aspirations and ambitions in the future. So one of the things that um, one of my colleagues has done, uh, which, which I'm really proud of, is a first generations program. Mm -hmm. So the head of our School of Government in Essex, uh, who himself, uh, a world leading research professor in political science, uh, was first in his family to go to university. And he developed a programme which he piloted within his department and, and we've rolled it out across the university now, uh, which is a first generation programme. And it's kind of a sort of an extracurricular club um, mm -hmm. where, where your colleagues who've, who've themselves been first in family or, or who you know, really understand what, what that can feel like, what some of the, the, the kind of areas where a little bit of extra support can make a difference, um, have, have put together a programme and, and just invite students to, to opt in, to sort of be in those conversations, to, to help to bridge the gap um, that, that they might be feeling. And also so that, so that they don't feel uh, that they're the only one who's in that situation because yeah. there are many, many students at Essex who are the first in their family uh, to go to university. And you know, having an environment where, where we're, we're supporting and, and helping them to support each other uh, is important. And as you you mentioned briefly, actually, you know, one of the challenges in Essex is it is incredibly mixed, isn't it? As a region, you've got some urban areas, you've got your bit of the coast, of course, and then you've got some very rural parts of the, the county as well. It's probably worth just telling our listeners a little bit about the different challenges that then poses for people who might be thinking of, of university. Yeah, it is. It's it's a fascinating county. It's an absolutely beautiful county, and as you say, very very diverse. Um, it's it's large, um, a distributed population uh, across quite different types of areas. You know, we've we've got uh, Chelmsford and Colchester, and, and some mm -hmm. large urban areas. Uh, we've got our our beautiful Essex coastline, uh, but also areas where where there are pockets of deprivation um, and, and also a large rural spread that, that you know that reaches across North Essex in, into Suffolk and for us the the way in which we try to understand and and be responsive to different types of needs is through the close partnerships that we have with schools and colleges across those areas so um, one project that we've we've operated for a number of years um, is called 66 um, mm -hmm. and, and that's a project where um, we created a, a collaborative sixth form 
Um, so, so across some of our regions along the coastal regions and, and in some of the rural regions, it's more difficult for schools to be able to offer a wide range of uh, subjects at the sixth form, because if they've got quite small cohorts or quite small classes, it's, it, you know, they, they can offer the high demand subjects, but, but there might only be a handful of students wanting to do some of the, the lower demand levels. So, so we created a kind of consortium where we invited um, the sixth form providers to, to kind of cluster together with us Mm -hmm. and said um, maybe you can't offer the full range of subjects on your own but if we collaborate if we offer you up space on the university campus to deliver these A-level classes on Wednesday afternoons um, and we our tutors will help you uh, in providing some of the teaching um, and you know we'll sort of open it to students from a range of, of sixth forms to, to come and, and take this shared offer it enabled us to pool our <coughs> sorry to pool our resources um, but it also meant those those learners were coming onto our campus once a week. Yeah, they were getting they were getting literally used to seeing it. the university yeah. on the inside. Yeah, they were getting used to walking onto the campus. They were getting used to feeling like they belong on the campus. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, we wrapped some of our outreach stuff around them. They, they were there for uh, you know to study the A level subject, um, but they were being taught by university staff as well as their sixth form class. And uh, we were taking the opportunity to to share information with them. Uh, to, to give them advice and guidance and, and to make sure that, that they were aware of, of what was available. So we do sessions on finance uh, mm -hmm. at university, on you know, managing your budget, um, on, on how to access financial support, just to try and give them that extra bit of, of a boost um, to, to feel that if it was what they wanted to do, that they could go for it. I think it's really interesting because actually it underlines just how much of a resource you've got at the university, that if you're smart, as Essex have been, you can very directly plug some of those education offer gaps upstream even. It's not even about the, the make happen work that you're doing, you know, that's massively valuable. You can actually, as you're showing, go beyond that as a university to, to genuinely make sure there's an even wider A-level offer for students. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's a key part of the way that we think about outreach to try and think right across the student's learning journey, mm -hmm. um, because uh, you know, outreach doesn't start at 16. Uh, we know that early intervention is really important to, to raise confidence and aspirations for underrepresented groups. Um, and um, you know, for us, it's, it's both about the way in which we're connecting with learners, but also a, a wider program of connection with their families. Um, mm -hmm. So we run a series of um, activities through Make Happen and, and through our wider outreach program, which are connecting with parents to, to help provide the sort of how-to guide uh, and, and information and, and some you know, background for to help parents to support um, young people in, in making their decisions. Uh, Sorry, go on, Laura. No, I was going to say, so, so it's, I mean, it's really something that we think about right from, you know, sort of through the school journey um, in the progression into university, in supporting success at university. And then, of course, it's also about how we're supporting our graduates into careers mm -hmm. um, after they've graduated. Uh, so, you know, there are, there are a whole range of, of interventions that, that sort of at the other end of the pipeline. Um, about how we're supporting uh, graduates into employment, about how you're supporting people who want to um, go into startup businesses, how, how we're kind of understanding in our region where the, the labour opportunities are, where the growth opportunities are, 
uh, where the business opportunities are and, and working with employers and, and businesses and with, with the county council and with the local enterprise partnership to understand the economic growth plan for the region and to, to match that up with the way in which we're helping our graduates to be ready to be that future workforce. So it's, it's just thinking right through that journey. It is. And I guess as part of this, one of the things we've talked about with May Cabin in the past in particular is you're building up a huge amount of expertise about what works, what doesn't work on the ground. And if you like the evidence base behind that, I guess, aren't you? Yes, it's um, I mean, one of the features of, of the Make Happen programme and, and something that, that we, we aim to do in all of our outreach is valuation. Um, is, and in part, there's, there's, a, there's sort of an immediate term um, evaluation, which is you know, when we look at the plans and the programmes and the specific activities we offer, we're evaluating all of those all of the time and building up an understanding of what works. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, not, it's not to say that there's one type of thing that works. Yeah. It's more about understanding what are the different types of needs across the population and, and then what will work in order to, to best deliver to each of those types of needs. So we do a lot of tracking on activities, um, contact, engagements, numbers of unique learners, the, how we make connections with parents. Um, and we use all of that to continue to refresh and refine to make sure that we're, we're generating the best value um, out of the mm -hmm. resource that we have to try and have the biggest impact. I mean, it's certainly an amazing program in terms of just the reach it has and, and if you like, the, the varying partners you've got as well. And I guess for you, the next stage, as you as you said in a way, Lorna, is partly around the employment piece of it and, and as a university looking at how you absolutely make sure that your graduates and people thinking of coming to Essex, I guess, and, and getting involved in Make Happen, consider see that that next step on education is directly leading through into real career paths. Yes, um, and I mean, I, I've, I've talked about it in terms of young people um, and, and so far we focused on, on young people kind of coming through the school system and, and into higher education. Um, I mean, we're also within the Make Happen programme and, and more generally as a university, increasingly mindful of the needs of mature learners and putting in place activities mm -hmm. to support mature learners and people who are returning to study and people who are reskilling. Um, I, I know that um, you know, in, in the context that we're in, we're just very mindful. We've, we've had to pivot quite a lot during the pandemic to find different ways of delivering the programme. Um, actually, some really um, things that have really worked very well using virtual platforms, uh, although we will be glad to, to be able to get people back on campus this year. But, but we also know... Will you be keeping some of that virtual capacity in a way that you had to build up because of COVID? We will, yeah. We've, one of the things we've done in evaluation is we've, we've pulled together some case studies and you know, got feedback from, from people who participated in the virtual platforms uh, about what worked well, well for them. And um, We had a brilliant uh, virtual activity we ran in June and July for uh, students who aged 15 to 17 called the Right to Speak Festival. Mm -hmm. um, and we, it was like a virtual outreach summer school, usually in the summertime. Um, we, we run summer schools when we bring young people on campus and, and they have the opportunity to engage in activities and, and as I said earlier, get that experience and, and level of comfort and confidence with being on campus. And, and you know, we did miss that, but we were able to do this really brilliant uh, virtual summer school um, mm -hmm. focused on, on writing and public speaking and increasing confidence in public speaking. 
So, so our, our, um, our cohort of, of students worked with award-winning poets and actors, uh, Yossi and Tyler from, from Right to Speak. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, they kind of took them through these exercises over five weeks using Zoom um, to, to help them to, to think and research and write about social issues and, and in the end to, to present um, uh, a speech, a piece of, of public speaking. Um, and you know, the, the students said they, they actually, they discovered the confidence in speaking, they discovered the love of writing, but, but also we always wrap quite a lot of um, sort of relationship building around mm -hmm. any of the activities. So, so the learning's at the center, but it's also wrapped around with lots of other activities that are, that are helping to build confidence and connections and, and help people to make friends uh, and help them to sort of as a group support each other and and begin to feel um it, you know it was interesting that some of the feedback we had was was people saying university didn't seem as daunting and scary because right. they realized that the group was was working together and actually what our staff are doing is is enabling the group to to kind of learn together and mm -hmm. and to be welcoming and to support each other in learning it's really interesting um just in terms of how Obviously, in so many ways, COVID has been just the worst time for, for, for many of us. Um, but actually, alongside that, there's been innovation in terms of what we've had to do to cope with it. And if you can hang on to that, then I think that's possibly one good thing that we can have got from this period of time, I guess. I think that's right. There's, I mean, there's, we're always learning um, and you know, universities are, are organisations who value learning very deeply. And uh, you know, while we would never have wished for or expected the experiences that we've had, which, which have been hugely difficult uh, for universities as, as for everyone else over the last 18 months, um, you know, it is really important that we are taking the learning from that because some things worked really well. Um, we've missed human contact on campuses and, and can't wait to get back to something that's much more like what, what we're used to in terms of um, our social connections this year. But there are definitely things that we have uh, that we've tried. Um, it has been a period of innovation uh, and discovery and learning, and many things that have been really effective and, and that have enabled us to reach other other audiences, other other people uh, in different ways. And I think you know, let's the, the, for the the final bit of the podcast. I really wanted to ask you about your own career. Lorna, clearly you do not have an Essex accent. And so your journey starts somewhere else. Tell us, and I know also doesn't yeah. per se start in academia, is, is very professionally based as well um, in, in law itself. So tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about how you end up becoming deputy vice chancellor at Essex. What, what's that look like in terms of a journey? Uh, well, well, I suppose what I'd first say is uh, not a planned journey. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how anyone would plan to do to, to, go, to go on a journey. Well, I suppose we, many would say that. So so I grew up in Northern Ireland uh, in the 1970s and uh, 1980s. I, I went to university in Belfast mm -hmm. in the mid 1990s. Um, it was it was a fascinating time. Um, my parents uh, actually were both teachers. Mm -hmm. So both secondary school teachers, actually, no, my father's secondary school teacher, my mother's primary school teacher, and really valued education um, and really believed. I guess they really made you do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to confess, I, I, I kind of like doing my homework. I was one of those uh, children. You enjoyed study. But, but what, they, what they certainly did was um, 
they valued education and they believed that it could change people's lives. Mm. And they had themselves, they had gone to university in the mid 60s in the period when suddenly it became possible for mm -hmm. people to go to university mm -hmm. from working class backgrounds and had had gone into education themselves and just utterly believed that uh, the way in which the next generation, uh, the way you could support the next generation to have better lives than, than those who'd gone before was through education. So, so I, I just absorbed that, that sense of, of valuing education and learning in, in its own right, but also mm -hmm. believing that it's a powerful catalyst mm -hmm. yeah, for yeah. change and to improve people's lives. And what did you study at university? So, so I studied law and politics. I did, I did a joint program in law and politics. Um, mm -hmm. It was a bit of a compromise. I, I would have quite liked to have done politics. Um, mm -hmm. I was interested in journalism at that stage. Right. Um, I uh, studied law and, and politics and I discovered uh, kind of intellectual interest in the law. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I graduated, I, I, was, I was actually about two weeks away from starting on the barrister's programme. Mm -hmm. But I just had a nagging doubt that it wasn't really right for me. Um, and at 21, actually, I, I felt very young and, uh, and, and uh, daunted by the idea of, of becoming a barrister and, and having that responsibility for other people's lives, for mm -hmm. things that, that were, that were you know, going to make a, a critical difference for them. So um, luckily, I was offered funding, um, state funding, uh, to uh, pursue a research, postgraduate research degree. Uh, to mm -hmm. do a PhD uh, so so I grabbed that uh, and that was in law itself so and that was in law itself law. yeah so I did that in property law um, mm -hmm. and then when I completed my PhD I, I uh, moved on to a lecturer post first at Queen's University Belfast and then after a few years I moved to Durham University so you, um, you're suddenly finding yourself on this nascent academic career path almost a little bit by accident but in a way it reflects the fact that deep down that's probably what you were interested in I think it does and and, and I I mean although it was although it was unplanned and and to be truthful Justine I I wouldn't have known how to plan to become an academic <laughs> no, um, no because that that just wasn't something that was within mm. my or my family's field of experience really mm -hmm. but but um what I did know was that I wanted to write and that I cared about education and, and what we do in universities is, is research and writing and teaching. Um, so, so kind of from, from thinking about political journalism in, and, and caring about education, I think I kind of wound up um, being in a field that, that mapped those things, but just in a different way. And also, I mean, obviously, law is very vocational. I mean, fundamentally, it's about rules that mean people can have fair outcomes. So... You know, it does tie to the, the politics interest clearly that you also had. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, it, it structures the opportunities that we have. Um, yeah. and, and actually, I think one of the things that, that people gain from studying law is, is an understanding of the way in which it um, frames opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're thinking both about what it what law can enable you to do um, mm -hmm. because it provides the sort of the platforms and and the the ability to do things but also at the same time the ways that sometimes people can be excluded from opportunities and, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the the study and the practice of law is about being able to identify where there are sometimes unintended gaps 
um, in the, the kind of fairness and access to justice, mm-hmm. um, in, in the, the fairness with which people are given an equal opportunity to succeed um, and, and to shine a light on, on those and to try and think creatively about mm-hmm. ways in which we can have a fairer system, uh, a more just system that is, is giving people from, from all backgrounds and, and populations and characteristics a, a fair opportunity uh, to be able to succeed. And I guess in time, then you were able to bring all of that expertise moving to Essex Law School at, at the university where you are now. Um, was it a big deal to, to move across to, you know, because it's, it's, it's away from, it's away from Northern Ireland, obviously, but I, I guess you were looking for that next step and, and, and Essex was that. Yes, it was, it was, it was a wonderful uh, adventure, actually. I, I moved mm-hmm. to Essex when my two sons were three and one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my, my husband and I moved. Uh, he's also a, a law professor um, okay. and, and in a leadership role in a university also. Um, but, but it was a great adventure for us to move. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful part of the country. Uh, we live in rural North Essex, mm-hmm. uh, about six miles from the university's Colchester campus. Um, it's lovely and quiet. It reminds me a lot of where I grew up in rural mm-hmm. Northern Ireland mm-hmm. uh, in, in the kind of landscape and, and the feel of the place. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, I, I just was, when I moved to Essex, what really excited me about the university was the, that it felt like a real university for real people, that, yeah. that walking around it. And the more I understood about the students who come to Essex, uh, about the impact that an Essex education has for them and their lives um, about the kind of work that our researchers, the kind of questions that our researchers are focusing on, you know, whether that's about how to have more equal outcomes in health and well-being, um, you know, to, to human rights. Um, the, the, there's a flavour about Essex mm. Mm. that is that is a really deep commitment to social justice. Mm. Um, and that that runs right across the research work of the university and, and also the way in which we think about education and and the kind of change that we want to be able to make for people's lives. I think it's fantastic and maybe a final quick-ish question is so you've obviously had you know an incredible career and a lot ahead as well to go um, but if you were sort of giving advice to much younger Lorna um, right. All those years ago, clearly looking at different career options, you know, that Lorna back in school, what do you think it would be? I think probably that the shortest version of it would be to say, don't be afraid to go for it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, um, I mean, certainly I um, didn't have a clear path in mind. Um, I had doubts and uncertainties along the way and, mm-hmm. and also lots of wobbles and bumps along the way when things didn't mm-hmm. go right. And mm-hmm. when I uh, you know, kind of had to step back and lick my wounds and pick myself up and, and go for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, are, there are lots of bumps and wobbles, I think, for all of us along the way. And, and I think knowing that, you know, it'll be okay. Um, this happens to yeah. everybody. Um, and just, just go for it and don't be afraid. Um, to 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 kind of to go for it. Yeah, and I think recognizing that yeah, sometimes things don't work out, and that is actually life. Um, yeah. 
but it's life for everybody. And so I think sometimes the challenge is you see people who've been successful and you read an article about them and it just seems like it was all one almost predestined, you know, climb to the top or whatever. And actually it never is, you know, for every bit in the article they've talked about in terms of what went right, there's probably about five bits that didn't get right that, that yeah. don't get in there. And, and I think it's just simply understanding that, navigating through the challenges is part of that journey and actually it's part of how you learn I guess Laura isn't it and that that's that is the key to success really isn't it it is um and there's something really important I think that you've touched on there about personal resilience mm-hmm. and you know I I kind of feel that I was I was very lucky because I had a supportive family mm-hmm. who who you know urged me on uh, and encouraged me to, to to continue to pursue um my my hopes in in education and, and that made all the difference, uh, having people who are supporting you and, and helping you to, to kind of shore up your personal resilience. But I think there's also something that, that we recognize at Essex, which is that um, people who have um, come from the most deprived areas or who have had life experiences um, when they've been young that have been more difficult and had more challenges yeah. to overcome, that they bring huge personal resilience and you know it's it's important that we we recognize that at the same time that we want to try and and help to bridge gaps to help people to succeed we also need to recognize the tremendous um resilience and experience that they bring um because of the backgrounds the life experiences um that they've had so far so so there's mm-hmm. there's a real um you know, dis- distinct advantage there's a real potential there um to to be able to um you know help bring on that talent in a context where that resilience that we all need is something that that um that can be gained in many different ways it's been fantastic having you on the podcast today laura fox omahani um absolutely brilliant we are so enjoying but also valuing working with you make happen and the university of essex so thank you very very much for the time you've taken to do this podcast today thank you very much justine lovely to talk to you again